Hi, I'm Kelly. I was uh, raised here in Salt Lake City. I was raised in an LDS family. Uh, was baptized at eight years old. Uh, at 10 years old, pretty much left the faith. It wasn't for me, and I knew it at that point. Um, at about 12 years old, started hanging out with the wrong people and got into things and drinking and doing just ungodly things, uh, using a lot of alcohol and, and other things and, and just being not a very good person. And then I guess that lasted until I was about 26 years old. I was working at a plant out in the West Desert, was coming home late one evening, uh, it was a noon to midnight shift, got off eastbound I-80. We witnessed a car accident that was pretty horrific. It, the car had rolled about eight times and me and my friend got off on the exit, turned and went to help out. Did CPR on the guy. The guy never did. He, he ended up passing away. But at that time I had, I had been trying to work on myself for about seven months. And I knew at that moment that, that that whole situation was for me. I felt at that moment that God was trying to, to draw me closer. So I guess there was a nine year period or so where I was actually physically, mentally trying to learn about God. Um, kind of getting that, that belief back. And uh, that Christmas in 2009, Catherine asked me, <clears throat> if I would like to just go to the Christmas service. And I thought, well, why not? I can, if it's not going to hurt me to go there. And so uh, I did. And that evening, I, I was just blown away. The music that they were playing was incredible. I, I was amazed that this was church and uh, when the only church I'd ever experienced in my life was solemn, <clears throat> quiet, you know, mundane. And I'm sitting here at this place learning, you know, Dave Nelson had said, we, we want you guys to hear how we believe heaven sounds. And he couldn't have put it in a better way because to me, I used to always go to rock concerts and we'd get our lighters up in there. And I, I swear to you, I. Uh, that's how I felt that night. I was like, gosh, I should have a lighter here because it sounded so good to me. I was rocking out and I just loved it. But after that, I kind of felt like, you know, this is a really good place for me to learn a heck of a lot about God. And uh, I can definitely do that here. So through the three years I've been coming here, we, we went through crash, but I still had doubts. I still had beliefs uh, in God. Uh, both at the same time, same service, most of the time. I would believe, I wouldn't believe. So approximately three weeks ago, I was at service and Dave Nelson was talking about how Christ is knocking at the door, knocking at your heart. He's peeking in the windows. When are you going to accept me? And that, that Sunday was just amazing for me because Dave's talking about it and it just so happened, it's one of them days where he asked people that hadn't given their lives to Christ yet to pray about it and they they worshiped for a long time giving people a chance to come up and and throw a piece of paper in the in the garbage can to basically show that they're ready to give their lives to Christ and just that day everything was hitting 
firing. There was no doubts in me. And, and I prayed to God, is this my moment, really? And I, I was just convinced that uh, God has finally made his way into my heart and that's who I want to be, that's how I want to live my life. And I owe it all to him, really. I owe it all to Jesus. He's been pursuing me for a long time and finally made it into my heart. I finally accepted him. I'd also like to thank my wife for, for being there for me and leading me in this direction. A uh, strong thank goes out, thanks goes out to Dave Nelson for being such an inspiration. Uh, I'd like to also thank Eric Winter. I'd like to thank the band that serves here at K2 so selflessly. The music that you guys play is amazing to me and I love it every time I'm here. Without, without the band, I would not be here probably because it, it, really, it really entered my soul that first Christmas service. I'd also like to thank the people that serve in Adventure Canyon, uh, that serve, like I say, so selflessly to our children and are teaching our children about Christ and making a great difference in their lives and my wife and I's life as well. Cool, you guys. Man, I, I think I'll I think I'll keep doing this. Um, I, I tell you, I'll, I'll never forget. I'd met Kelly really quickly after he came to that service, and I remember him telling me that it's like I, I had never been in church. He's like, I had no interest in going. The only reason I'm going is because my wife wants me to go. And I sat down, and that first opening number blew him away. And you know, I know it blew some of you away too. Like I think some of you left actually uh, after that <clears throat> because it was so. It's so because we do we do things a little bit different here, you know. And it was like, wait, I want my good Christmas song. And what? And, and just so you know, why do we do the things we do here? We do what we do here for guys like Kelly, and and we'll just keep doing it because we love you, man. I just want to tell you, I don't care who you are here today. I don't care if you hate God. Thanks, man. If you hate God, thanks for being here because I know most of the time we do. We have people who are like, God has just ticked me off. And, and, and we created this place for you just to come and have a safe place to be angry and wrestle with God. And anyway, I'm just, uh, that is so fun. And how cool is it what God did for Lad Chapman? Are you, that's all you got? I mean, I'm, okay. I, you guys, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I believe all my heart that God heals. I do. And I know of stories. I've never actually stood there and watched it happen in front of my eyes. It's amazing to me. Man, we talked last week, we got a God who's got power. What kind of power? The power that raises dead people to life. Same power is inside of us. And I saw it there. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do. You know, he just told me, we passed each other in the back room. He goes, hey, I went snowboarding Friday. <laughs> I mean, is that not unbelievable? I mean, I mean, like, that is just freaking unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, so here we go, man. Here's a verse we're going to look at today. John chapter 13. Uh, Jesus says this. He goes, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Hey, let's read that together. As soon as I said that, I thought, you know, we all should read this together. This is a good one. Let's read this together. Here we go. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that cool? 
All right, so everybody stand up. All right, do that. All right, thank you very much. All right, so, um, so how awkward was that? You know, I, I'm serious, I'm like, so, so do that. And you're like, all right, okay. You know, we do this thing here for seven years, every once in a while at K2, we used to do it every week, and then we started not doing it every week. We used to do this thing called meet and greet. Can I just be honest, you know, how many of you hate it when we do meet and greet? Okay, hands are rising up. Yeah, and, and, uh, and here's what's funny, because I've thought about that, and the whole reason we did meet and greet is because for six months, I went to a new church every week just to see what churches were doing. And you know what happened to me? Almost every church I went to, nobody could give a crap that I was there. So let me just ask you, all you followers of Christ who are filled with the spirit of love, how many of you gave a crap anybody was here today? Cool. That's awesome. So you know, here I had this question. I was thinking about this week. I, like, I thought, how much love is going to go on at K2 today? Because what he said is, a new command I give you, just as I have loved you, you guys got to love each other. And one of the things I realized was most of the time what we do, and I, sh I share this with you guys all the time, most of the time what we do is we go to church, right? And so we come to church and we, we listen to the service and then we get in our cars and we go home, right? And here's the problem. When there's 1,300 people, it's really easy to do that. You can just come and go to church and go home. And then how many of you were here last week? Okay. All right, so most of you, and then what we just did is we acted religious, and we denied the power of God that's inside of us. And we had a form of godliness, but we totally denied his power. And now, now I'll just be totally honest with you. Man, I was going to really make you guys love each other. You know why I didn't? Because I love all of you who are visiting. <laughs> and I really do. Because I, I started throwing some ideas by my wife, and she's like, Dave, 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 Dave. Don't do that. You know, because seriously, we know a lot of you are here, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I, I can't even believe I'm in a church, and I, I'm, I was ready to have you, like, hug each other, you know, hold hands. I mean, because here's what's crazy, though. If we walk in here, and we've got the Spirit of God living inside of us with power, and we're not even loving each other, can I show you with you what we are? Let's look at this. We've been looking. We're in this series called Stoked. And what it is is Paul, this, this church planner, this leader in the church, is talking to a young leader. And he's saying, Timothy, oh, man, dude, you've got some very, very cool stuff. But you need to realize the stuff that you've got inside of you could be stoked. It could be fanned into flame. This stuff could be burning inside of you. And so the first one he said is this. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your mother, grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues in you. And so you have faith, Timothy. I see it. And, and there's many of you in this room, you guys have faith too. And it's awesome. And we, it should get stoked. We should be stepping out and doing crazy things for God. And then, but look at this, Galatians 5, 6 says this. The only thing that counts is faith doing what? Expressing itself in love. And then in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter, by the way. If you ever want to know what love is, you read 1 Corinthians 13. He goes on to say this. If I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am what? Okay, now we're going we're gonna to have a little interactive stuff going on here. If I have faith that could even move a stinking mountain, but I don't have love, what am I? Nothing. Nothing. Isn't that crazy? It's like, so, okay, all right, so I can have faith and totally trust God and believe God. Without love, I'm nothing. 
And then the next thing he told Timothy is he said, man, you, dude, you got some gifts. This is why I remind you, he said, to fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. And we learned this, that when, when someone actually puts their faith in Christ, what happens is the Spirit of God, gets Jesus baptizes you, which means he infuses your whole being with his Spirit. And, and what happens right here is that when the Spirit comes in your life, he gives you gifts. And so we've been telling you that all of you in this room who have put your faith in Christ, you are so valuable and you're so important to everything that's going on. God gifted you with something. But the whole reason he gave it to you was so the benefit of the whole body. So gifts are huge, man. It's, it's how we experience the fullness of God. That's how it tells us. But look at this. So right in, in 1 Corinthians 12, when, when Paul's teaching on gifts, man, he's just cranking out. He wants everybody to understand these gifts. And he says, these gifts are awesome. And, and you could just see people, man, oh, I'm getting excited about what I could do for God. And then he says, now, well, now, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. The last verse of chapter 12, he says, and yet, I'm a, can I just show you real quick? I know gifts are cool and everything. Can I show you, he says, the most excellent way? Can I show you the most excellent way? Look at this, 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong and a claiming symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge but do not have love, I am nothing. See, so, and it's crazy, so chapter 12 is all about these gifts, and then chapter 13, he jumps in and says, oh, wait, 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 wait. By the way, just got to make sure you understand this. If you're using your gift, but you're not doing it with love, you, you got nothing. And then he goes back to 14, he starts talking about gifts again. It's really interesting. Right in the center, he wants to make sure you guys got to understand how important this love thing is. And then he goes on to the power piece, and he says this, uh, where am I? Here I am. And uh, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power. And you guys, most of you were here last week. And we just said, well, what is that power? It's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. The spirit of God who raised him from the dead is inside of you. And Paul prays, I goes, man, I hope the eyes of your heart are enlightened so that you might know this incomparably great power for those of you who believe. That power is the same that he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. See, and that's when we just sit here and we go, wait a second. So stop acting religious and denying this power. I mean, seriously, you guys, there's nothing more burdensome, more boring, more draining than being religious. Can we all agree on that? Okay, it is from hell. Seriously. Jesus, when he showed up, there's one thing that was ticking him off. It's all the religious people. And he said, man, you guys, you are keeping my people from even knowing who I am. So we have this amazing power. And then I read this verse, and how did everybody know what this power was? Uh, in the book of Acts, in chapter 10, it said, man, you've been anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and Jesus went around, and how did you know that he was anointed? Because he went around doing good and healing everybody. So when you have power, we talked about last week, power makes you move. That's what power does. It moves you. You, you do good stuff. And then 1 Corinthians 13, again, verse 3 says this, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Isn't this crazy, you guys? Faith is critical. Our whole, our whole experience with God is based on faith. And yet without love, nothing. You have a spiritual gift and you're critically important to what God wants to do in this valley and in, your, and in this church. But if you don't have love when you use it, you're nothing. You can give everything you've got to the poor. 
You can totally do a lot of good stuff. And what's crazy is you can even do that without love. And if you do it without love, you gain nothing. And here's the greatest news in all the world. What we're going to look at today, you guys, is that he goes on. Man, I didn't just give you a spirit of power. In 2 Timothy 5, 7, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love. He's given us a spirit of love. Here's, can I just tell you, you guys, what is the world? What does every human being you know need? Right? Even the Beatles know that, right? Can we sing together? All we need is love. Wah, 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 wah. All we need is love. Wah, 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 wah. All we need is love. Love is all we need. Right? I mean, the Beatles know this. Yeah. We need a choir. We need something to join. But see, here's what's crazy is every human being is longing to be loved. And I don't know if you know this or not, but you were created. You'll never feel full as a human until you love, too. It's not just getting love. It's, it's being in relationship of giving and receiving love. And here's the coolest thing that we're going to talk about today. We got to stoke the reality that when Jesus baptized you with the Holy Spirit, when he filled you with his spirit, he filled you with his love. Is that not cool? That is so cool. And it's what you need and it's what I need. All right? So let's pray, ma'am. Let's just take a moment together and let's pray. Here's what we're going to go through today. Three things. You know, I'm going to answer the same things I answered last week about power. How is fear the opposite of love? What is this love? And how do we stoke this love? All right? So let's pray together. Oh, Lord, um, I, I just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing here. Thanks for the, the, your patience and your kindness to Kelly, and thank you for um, how much you love him and for the reality that he's finally getting that. Lord, thank you so much for what you did for Lad, just out of your love for him. Crazy. But most of all, God, as we sit here today, thank you that you have given us a spirit of love. You've given it to us. And God, we need it, man. It's what's so crazy is we need the very thing we have. <laughs> so God, would you come today and stoke it? Would you blow the wind of your spirit on the love that we have received? Would you do that in the name of Jesus? Amen. Awesome. Hey, John, would you do me a favor, dude? Would you just grab one of those bottles of water and throw it up here to me? That'd be great. Thank you. All right. So how is the fear, how is fear the opposite of love? Let's just, you know, the same thing. Thanks, ma'am. Um, same thing we talked about last week. I'm going to do this in about one minute. Last, last week we just talked, what does fear cause you to do? Nothing. <laughs> That's what fear does. Fear paralyzes you. That's why it's the opposite of power, Right? Well, let me, let me ask you a question. What's the opposite of hot? What's the opposite of high? Okay. What's the opposite of love? Hate. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. Years ago, I heard a guy, he went through all this list of the opposites, and we're all busting them out, and we get to love, and we go hate. And he said, can I just throw another one at you? He goes, really, the opposite of love is fear. Interesting. And then you look at this verse. And when God helps us to understand something, he goes, listen, when I gave you my spirit, it is not a spirit of fear. 
It's a spirit of love. And then he contrasts these two. You know why? Because when you have fear, who are you concerned for? Yourself. I'm fearful. And so I'm fear, like in relationships with people. Now, by the way, just real quick, is there healthy fear? Okay, just you guys, you, that's good. Fear is actually a gift from God too, right? I mean, there's healthy fear. Then when there's things that are actually dangerous, if we didn't have any ability to feel fear, we, whoa, you know, we just, whoop, we'd be walking into stuff and we'd be ruining our lives. And so thank you, God, for the gift of fear. But there's healthy fear and there's really unhealthy fear. And when it comes into relationship, fear is really, really unhealthy, right? Now, not if it's abusive, that would be good fear, right? But when we just fear rejection, how many of you fear rejection? Man, I, I, I can't believe how many times I think about something or someone and how I should engage in that relationship, and all of a sudden, that word nails me. How many of you get timid in your relationships because you fear? Almost all of us do. You could fear rejection. You could fear someone's judgment. <laughs> You, could, you can fear, man, if they get to know me, they're going to laugh at me. You could fear if I get into this relationship, they might leave me. There are so many fears, and you know why? And this is what's so tough. Um, by the way, we're going to do a whole series on love coming up after. We're going to do two months. Actually, we're going to put love on display is what we're going to call it. We're going to do love on display after Easter because we've got to dive into this stuff more. But one of the reasons, you guys, we fear so much is because we have been burned so badly. All of you have. You've been laughed at. You have been rejected. You have had people leave. You have been judged. And so, man, it's really hard to love, isn't it? But here's what we know. The spirit of God that comes inside of us is not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of love. And the opposite is when fear is, when I'm full of fear, I'm concerned for me. And when I'm full of love, I'm concerned for you. Love is always thinking about the other person. And fear is always thinking about itself. That's why it's the opposite. Now, here's, what, here's the most beautiful thing. I cannot wait to jump in this with you. Is what is this love? What is this love? Romans 5.5 5 says this. We have hope, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love to fill our hearts with his love. You haven't been given a spirit of fear, you guys. You've been given a spirit of love. And look at this, man. Not only that, but God loves us so much that when he gives you his spirit, whose love does he pour into your heart? His. It's his love. And here, can I just tell you something, you guys? God's love is so radically different than human love. I'm telling you, it is radically different than human love. Can I tell you guys again, I know we did this last week, but how many of you, seriously, when, are, are just so ready for spring? I mean, are you just, I mean, this, when you drove here this morning, aren't you like, oh, thank you, God. And, and, and again, here's what's crazy, right, is I actually enjoy winter. I really do. I, I do. And then I taste spring, and as soon as you taste spring, I don't want winter anymore, right? And here's what's crazy is, some of you right now, you're like, love, you've experienced, because you've tasted some love. But the weird thing is, all the love that you've tasted in some way or another has been conditional. You, you, were, you were pretty enough, or you were talented enough, or you were kind enough, or you, you were a good enough person. Can, you know what I'm saying? And so we have this love that we do experience on earth. And we think it's good. It's okay. It's like me. I, I like winter. 
And then you taste spring. I'm telling you, when I describe this love for you right now that gets poured into your heart when you receive Jesus Christ, I mean, all of a sudden, you're like, I want nothing else. There's nothing else I want. I ran into Mary Goldring in the hall. Many of you, how many of you guys know Mary? You know, she's, a, she's one of our worship leaders here, and she's on our spiritual advisory board. She's an awesome lady. And she grabbed me in the hall and knew what the topic was for today. And she said, Dave, she goes, I still remember the day when I finally felt loved by God for the first time. She goes, it was October 27, 1978. <laughs> is that not hilarious? I'm like, that is so cool. She goes, I remember the day. Well, how many of you remember your wedding day? How many of you remember that day? Anybody remember that day? Yeah, you remember that day. That was a killer day. You know what happens? When God finally breaks through and you finally hear and understand and not just that, but receive and start to feel loved by God, woo, everything else goes out the door. All right, so here we go. What is this love? Look at this, Romans 5. He says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, guys, now I, I will tell you, this may be, this passage may be my favorite passage in all the Bible. If you've been to one of my weddings, I probably shared with you what I'm going to share here because I know no better way to talk about what love really is than this right here. I, 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 this is it. Can I just walk through these three words with you? Think about this. This is the love that's been poured into your hearts. Whose love was poured into your hearts? God's love. And it's so different. The first one is this. He says, at just the right time, when you were powerless. Go ahead and throw the, the scripture up there so they can just keep looking at it. At just the right time, when you were powerless. Now, if you're powerless, what can you do? Yeah, it seems to be the key word today. I should have just called this message nothing. Um, so here he says, when just the right time, when you were powerless. Can I tell you guys, human love doesn't do this. You know what human love does? Human love always says, if you do certain things, I'll love you. Right? If you're kind, if you're cool, if you're funny, if you're nice to me, if you're there, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're. And here's what God says. And, and here's, well, let me go back to that. And when somebody can't be what you need them to be. You know what human love does? It pulls away, doesn't it? How many of you have had someone pull away their love because you couldn't do what they wanted you to do? If you're human, you've had that experience. And so what happens, you guys, is all of us at some time or another are powerless. And here's what I love about God. He says, can I tell you what my love's like? At just the right time when you could do nothing, I died for you. And the whole reason he did that is he said, because if I died for you, because you were being good, you'd think I love you because of your behavior. And he goes, you need to understand my love. I love you when you can do nothing for me. Is that not good news? See, that's great news because every other love you have is conditional. And the fact, the love that you give to other people, if we can just be totally honest, my love for other people is based on what they do. I hate it. It's true. That's my love. God's love that he pours into your heart is he says when you're powerless, it's just the right time. Because I want you to know I love you when you can do nothing for me. Is that not good? That's good love. The second thing he says is this, when you're ungodly. So if he's God and we're ungodly, then what that means is we're not like him at all. All right? 
And, and you know what? It's so funny because human love, we love people who are like us. We just do. We find people who dress like us. They like the same things we do. When I did youth ministry, man, you go to a retreat and there'd be 300 kids. And in 15 minutes, they all could find the people who are like them. <laughs> and they all get in these little packs. Here's our youth leader right over here, Brooke, on you. Mm-hmm. We just, we can, we can, we can sniff them out right now. And, and so what we do is we love people who are like us. And if you're not like me, then I'm not going to love you. And here's what's so cool, right? Is so when you get married, right, it's opposites attract, don't they? <laughs> That's so cute how you're like that. I just love that. Do you guys know, how cute is it after about a year of marriage? <laughs> it ain't cute no more. You're driving me nuts. And seriously, and, and we laugh, and yet this is the stuff that tears our marriages apart. It really does. <laughs> because it was like, okay, that was nice when we were getting to go to each other, but now you're, you're, seriously, you're not like me. You don't like the things I like. And if you don't like what I like, what do you do? You pull away your love. You pull away your love because it's human. And human love is always based on conditions. And here's God saying, can I say something? You have never been like me, ever. I love you. And he pours his love into your heart. And he helps you to realize, oh my gosh, even when I'm ungodly, God says, that's just the right time for me to love you. Because I want you to know that. Here's the third thing. And he says, the last thing he says, can I demonstrate my love for you in this? Then while you're still a sinner, I'd die for you. You guys, you know what that sinner is? The sinner is you don't meet the standard. And God has a standard, man, and it's huge, and it's high, and we don't meet the standard. And, and, and here's what's crazy. Again, let's go back to weddings. You know what happens at a wedding? This is why I love them. I tell every couple this. You're standing here today, and you're saying, there's no other man on this planet that you want to be with. Isn't that what you're saying? There's no other woman in this world. You're the only guy who's met my standard, and you're the only one who's met my standard. And then again, what happens after about a few months? You're like, man, you don't jump as high as you used to. Here's a standard. Remember that? <laughs> Remember that? When we did our vows? If you do this, I'll love you. Is that in our vows? Oh, that's not in our vows, is it? Interesting. Takes us about a few weeks to go, oh, screw those vows. Sorry. Sometimes you just be honest. It's hard. But you know what? Seriously. And... All, and you guys, our relationships, marriage, our relationship with our kids, our relationship right here at K2 The Church. All we do is we judge each other and we say, hey, you know what? You're not, you're not, meet, you're not meeting the standard. I, I've told you guys for just eight years, almost, eight, almost nine years, the only promise I give you is I'm going to let you down. And if I actually get to know you, you're going to let me down. And here's the question. What are we going to do when we let each other down? What are we going to do when we, are you human? What are we going to do when we let each other down? What are you going to do when the person's not living up to their vow anymore? What are you going to do? You know what we're going to do? Because we're human, you're going to pull away your love. That's what you're going to do. And praise God, when you receive Christ, he pours his love inside your heart. And I don't know any other, you know what? There's only one person I really let down. And I, how many of you let him down? All the freaking time. And what does he say to you? I die for you. I die for you. Oh, do you guys, do you see how different the love of God is? 
Do you see, for those of you who are wondering, if you're here investigating who Christ is and what God's all about, this should be the coolest news in the world to you. Wait, seriously? (laughs) There's a God who says it's just the right time for him to love me when I'm powerless, ungodly, and a sinner? Yes! Yes, there is! And he pours his love into your heart, so now you possess a love that you can give to somebody else. And that's why I'm just like, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. And because my life is one big pile of mercy and grace and forgiveness, is yours? See, once you've received that, then how in the world can we look at each other and go, hey, you're not meeting the standard. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I just want to tell you, man, this is what this place needs to be. This is why Jesus said, can I just tell you something? Just as I have loved you, a new command I give you, love each other, right? Just as I have loved you. And then he says, by this, everyone, that's a lot of people, everyone would know you're my disciples if you'd love each other. If you would love people when they're powerless, if you'd love them when they're ungodly, if you'd love them when they're a sinner, if you'd love them when they don't meet the standard. I'm telling you, and that's why, you guys, when I, when I, the K2, it's hard for us even to say hi to the person who's next to us. Just, it's just hard to say even hi to the person who's next to us. And, and, and partly, I just want to challenge you, partly just start, change your perspective then, and as you're driving to church, just go, hey, God, could you just give me one person I could love today? Just, just show me one person. I don't need to love 1,300 people. You didn't, Jesus didn't do that. Just give me one person I could love today. And here's what's cool, is you guys, every person in this room is awesome. Do you guys all know that? You all know you're awesome? <laughs> you're all awesome. And if we get rid of our fear, then we walk in here, and I'm telling you, the love I just shared with you is so much more than a meet and greet love. But I'm telling you this, if the love of God is filling your heart, you're going to see the people around you, and you're going to say, man, I'm going to come, I'm going to initiate, I'm going to go, I'm going to love, I'm going to love. And I'm telling you, all we need is love. What the Beatles didn't know is that the love every human being needs is that love. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. And man, if you're a follower of Christ, you didn't just receive a spirit of power. You received the spirit of that love. So man, let's not forget that. And let's encourage each other And let's offer that to each other. And Jesus said, if we just love each other like he loves, then the whole world would go, what's in the world's going on there? You know why? Because they need it so badly. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. Let me pray for us. God, would you come and use these scriptures that I just went through today to remind everybody in here about how much you love them. And I thank you, God, that you're a God who's ruthless in your love that you come to us when we need you so bad, which is like every day. We thank you, God, that you care about us. We thank you that, you don't, that your love for us is not based on conditions. And we thank you, God, that you pour your love into our hearts so that we don't have to ever stay that way. I love the fact that you don't ever want us to stay the way we are. You give us power and you give us love so that we can change and be the people you've created us to be. And I just want to ask God that right here at K2, the church, that you might move and anoint this place, anoint us with love for each other.
love for each other because of how much you've loved us. We pray for it in Jesus' name, amen.